It's the 2022 World Cup. It's the squad update for Denmark. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be updating Denmark's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, the final squads are out, so here is the promised update media cast where we look at the selections, the non-selections, the surprises, and the injury updates that we made in our full team uh, uh, podcast where we went through all the candidates, gave career and participation information, and predicted uh, their likelihood of making the squad. So today we'll check out how accurate our predictions were and we will update the recent games. Uh, check the show notes for links to that full player uh, media cast as well as the uh, group media cast where we took a close look at the teams and that's where we talked about their history and their prospects in this tournament. But uh, let's get started. If you want the short version, jump to the end where we give a summary of the selections and injuries and reassess our predictions of the uh, starters and of the team's prospects. Uh, okay, well, we uh, should uh, talk a bit about my shirt because it is not a Denmark shirt and I feel tremendous shame about that. Um, uh, but the uh, poverty of shirts that I suffer uh, does give me an opportunity to wear the only shirt I can. Uh, all, all, all I can do is color match here. And so I have white underneath and it gives me the opportunity to wear my Canada shirt. So uh, you'll have to put up with a little <laughs> a little Canada bias uh, there. Um, but I'm hoping in the future I will have a Denmark shirt to uh, wear when I podcast on Denmark. All right, let's uh, begin with a look at the formations. And uh, we are focused on the uh, games in September because uh, we didn't cover that in our previous podcast. But we uh, will kind of uh, overview uh, the formations that they have been using. So uh, in the Euro Cup, they started with a 4-3-3, uh, but they went uh, quickly to a 3-4-2-1 formation. That largely might have been because of the uh, terrible um, heart, con heart uh, attack that uh, Christian Eriksen had on the field. Um, uh, we do kind of feel that this has influenced their, uh, their lineup decision. Um, anyway, after the uh, Euro Cup, they went uh, into World Cup qualifying. Uh, with different formations, so sometimes five at the back and sometimes four and sometimes three. If it was five at the back, that would mean a three-man central defense. And uh, they kind of uh, switched back and forth from three and four uh, for the whole time. Um, and uh, so in the World Cup, we have a 5-4-1 and a 4-1-4-1. And then uh, twice they went with a 3-2-2-2-1 there. So not a lot of pattern to it, I must say. Again, two different formations in the friendlies and uh, in the Nations League games um, in June and in September. Uh, again, different formations being used, but uh, they did prefer uh, a three-man backline uh for four of those games and a four-man backline for the other two. So, yeah, we're not seeing a lot of pattern to it, and it's kind of hard to predict what they're going to come into the cup with. Um, uh, Christian Eriksen came back, um, and uh, now he was out for nine months. And, um, yeah, actually, it doesn't seem like they uh, used a, a, a formation uh, rotating around the central attacking midfield. We're going to see that Ericsson was kind of uh, all over the field upon his return. So um, anyway, the, the key point is that in uh, games five and six, they went with a 5-4-1 uh, formation. That was a formation that they had only used once before in the first game of World Cup qualifying. And then with a 4-3-3 formation, um, a formation they had only used twice before. So kind of further confusing the issue there. Um, generally, they had uh, favored something like a 3-4-1-2 uh, um, 
something along that lines or a three four two one so uh we're not really sure uh, what they're going to come into the cup with uh, but i will say that uh um oh i'll tell you uh, how those games went uh the first september friendly was uh sorry not a friendly it was a nations league game uh, away to croatia that was a uh, one two loss and the last one was against france who they meet in the group stage here that was a one nothing win so i i think they beat france uh, both games in nations league uh that left them in second place in the nations league group behind group winners croatia but they did finish ahead of France and Austria. In terms of players, it seems like a few decisions were being finalized uh, in those September games as far as who their starting lineup was, uh, with potential uh, starters being used in those games and no real uh, experimental players coming in from the outside. It was more like um, a few players returning to positions that they had experimented with, especially in March. Um, and uh, those experiments had uh, been forced by injuries to a degree. So uh, the general trend was that they seemed to return to their uh, tried and true players, having uh, tried out a few players um, probably in the last couple of games of World Cup qualifying because they had already uh, secured advancement and in the March friendlies. Okay, well, we'll take a look uh, at those players, uh, the squad. So let's begin with the manager. So Kasper Hulmand. Uh, Kasper Hulmand uh, took over Denmark in 2020. So he will lead them through the cup. So uh, we're going to call him uh, a selected player. He has been selected for the World Cup. Uh, okay, so with the positions here, uh, for example, goalkeeper, we're going to begin by naming all of the candidates, and then we'll go through again and say which ones uh, uh, were selected for the squad, and we'll finish each uh, section with a summary of the position we've just talked about. So for goalkeepers, we had a definite candidate, Casper Schmeichel. And uh, yes, in the main player podcast, we justified why we uh, put them into these categories. So we won't uh, repeat all that here. So Casper Schmeichel, we have possible candidates, Frederick Ronau and Peter Vindal Jensen. And we also had a possible but unlikely candidate, Jesper Hansen. And finally, two players who seem to be off the squad but had played within the last couple of years. That is uh, Jonas Lossel and Daniel Iverson. And by played, I don't necessarily mean took the field, but were called up and um, were at least on the bench. Okay, well, let's look at who made it there. In fact, we're going to start just by uh, uh, clearing out candidates who didn't make it. So Jonas Lossell and Daniel Iverson uh, are not part of the squad. And um, Jesper Hansen, the possible, uh, but unlike the candidate, also not selected. Let's go back to the top. And uh, no surprise that Kasper Schmeichel was collect was uh, selected for the squad. Uh, Frederick Rono was selected, but we do have a note on him. And uh, Peter Vindhal Jensen was not selected, the possible candidate. Uh, rather, a new candidate was brought in, and uh, that was uh, Oliver Christensen. Um, uh kind of surprisingly selected there um i'll tell you a little bit about him because he wasn't on our radar uh, uh for the full length podcast there um which we did after the june 2022 games by the way so uh oliver christensen um pl having played his first cap in november 2020 uh returned after an almost two-year absence in 2022 and he didn't start either of those remaining two games in September, but he was on the bench for both matches and, um, and uh, yeah, was selected. So he's been on the squad since 2020 with one cap, and he is uh, 23 years old and plays for Hertha Berlin in Germany. So uh, somewhat surprisingly called in at the last moment. So those are our three candidates. Casper uh, Schmeichel, Frederick Rono, and Oliver Christensen. 
And uh, we'll summarize the position. It's pretty easy to summarize the goalkeeper uh, situation for Denmark. It's always Schmeichel. So that's all there is to say about that. Uh, that continued into the September uh, Nations League games. So Kasper Schmeichel, um, the perennial starter uh, for um, Denmark. So let's move on to defenders here. And uh, we are starting with central defenders. The candidates are Andreas Christensen, uh, who we uh, put as a definite candidate, uh, Joachim Andersen um, as a likely candidate, along with Yannick Vestergaard, and uh, possible candidates uh, Simon Kerr and um, Victor Nelson and Andreas Maxo. Uh, we have possible, but no, we don't have any possible, but unlikely. Uh, but we have one player who seemed to be off the squad, and that's uh, Matthias Jorgensen, sometimes called uh, Zanke Jorgensen. Um, okay, and we'll uh, remove uh, Zanke Jorgensen because he was not selected for the squad. And um, uh, some of the possible were, so we'll come back to that. Uh, but let's go to the top, and Andreas Christensen was selected. Uh, Joachim Andersen was selected. However, surprisingly, Yannick Vestergaard was uh, not selected. And um, he was uh, among the five players who had to wait six days for a decision to be made regarding their selection. So the manager first published 21 names, and... Uh, and said he would publish the uh, next five later down the road. So uh, six days later, he did publish the names, and Vestergaard was not among them. And uh, ultimately, he was not selected because he had made no starts for his club, uh, Leicester, in the new season. So that was the reason uh, given um, uh, for that. Uh, Simon Kerr was selected. And I have a note on him. I just realized I forgot to give the note for the goalkeeper above. So I have to go back and do that. Uh, Simon Kerr was actually injured. Um, yes, when we talked about him in the previous podcast, injured. Uh, and then he was absent following uh, recovery from his injury. So that's what made us put him down to likely. It's hard to imagine that they wouldn't choose him, but he actually, he actually hadn't played uh, that much since the Euro Cup in 2021 because of this injury. So uh, he wasn't actually playing for his club either. Um, uh, but now, uh, now he is back and uh, captain of the team. We didn't really think he would be left off, but it did uh, kind of come down to injury there. But he was selected. And finally, Victor Nelson, the uh, other possible candidate, was selected. Uh, you can see that as uh, kind of taking Yannick Vestergaard's position. Um, but Andreas Maxo was not selected. So that leaves us with Andreas Christensen, uh, Joachim Anderson, Simon Kjar, and Victor Nelson, just four centre-backs that they're taking to the cup. And we'll summarise the position. Uh, we spent a lot of oxygen on who among the four candidates, that's Andreas Christensen, Joachim Anderson, Yannick Vestergaard, and Simon Kerr, who among them would start. Uh, as we said, Kerr had been out for the March and June games, so we kind of wondered if he would return. And if so, would he return to the starting lineup? Uh, we kind of speculated that he would return and be part of the spark, uh, starting lineup. Now, with him back and Vestergaard not selected, it seems uh, pretty obvious that all three of them will be used if they make a three-man uh, backline. Uh, two, though, is a bit tougher to predict. And the first September game did have a two-man uh, central defence, and it was Christian and Anderson pairing up there with Care uh, on the bench. I think he did sub in uh, to the game, but uh, he wasn't the starter. Uh, however, we do know Kerr is the captain of the team and the, the morale leader. So uh, we, we were a bit surprised to see him benched. And um, I'm still not convinced that uh, he wouldn't be part of a two-man central defence. Nevertheless, from the objective information we have uh, here, he does seem to be the third choice. Anyway, um, we think we'll see him on the field, but we'll talk about that at the end 
when we predict starters. Okay, I just have to pop back and uh, give the note that I was supposed to give, and that was on Frederick Rono. So actually, Frederick Rono, the goalkeeper, uh, picked up a hamstring injury in early November. So uh, he was listed as injured with an unknown return date, but was nevertheless selected, and I believe selected, selected with knowledge of this injury. So perhaps, uh, although a hamstring injury is usually pretty serious, perhaps it's not so serious. Uh, otherwise, they would have left him off the squad or else replaced him by now. So um, still a chance that he might be replaced uh, if he proves um, unable to play. But we'll have to see if that's the case. All right, let's move uh, on to left backs. And here we have a definite candidate, uh, Joachim Mayle. And uh, we have possible candidate Nicole Bolison, and possible candidate Mads Valentine, uh, Valentin Pe Pedersen. Sometimes he's called Mads Valentin and sometimes Mads Pedersen. So I just put both names there. Uh, okay, and uh, in terms of the successful candidates here, Joachim Mayle uh, did make the squad. However, uh, Nikolai Boylison did not. Uh, he picked up a knee injury in late October, and he's out for the season. Uh, the return date is July 2023, poor fellow. Um, it's hard to say if he would have been selected, though, because we had him only as a possible candidate. So um, uh, either way, though, the injury kind of assured that uh, he was not going to be selected. So uh, we say goodbye to... Nicole Boylison and also Mads Valentin Pedersen, who also didn't make the squad. So that leaves us with just one left back there, uh, Joachim Mayle. So um, I think that's going to uh, make it pretty easy to decide the starter. But we'll talk about the position. Uh, when it's a three-man central defense, um, the position basically becomes a left winger. And either way, Mile has a firm grip on the position and was also a starter in both of the September Nations League games. Uh, we do see uh, right back Len Stryger Larson uh, as the backup here. He's played in that role, which was perhaps a hint that uh, Nikolai Boylison uh, was not kind of favoured as the backup. And uh, um, you know, would not have been selected for the squad if Stryger Larson really is the uh, backup for that position. Okay, let's move over to right backs, and we have uh, definite candidate Rasmus Christensen, and uh, likely candidate Daniel Wass and Jen, uh, Jens Stryger Larson, and uh, we have possible candidate Alexander Barr, and uh, a player who seems to be off the squad, Henrik Dalsgaard. So uh, we can uh, reduce the list here uh, quickly. Dalsgaard was the uh, right back in the 2018 World Cup, but is now off the squad. And uh, otherwise, all four of them made it. So Rasmus Christensen, the two likely candidates, Daniel Wass and Jen Stryger Larson, and possible candidate Alexander Barr, who we gave little chance because there, there's so many candidates over on this side. So kind of interestingly, one left back brought to the cup and uh, four right backs. Uh, but as we said, Jens Stryger Larsson uh, can play as a left back or has played as a left back. Uh, okay, in summary of the position, uh, when it's a three-man central defence, as we said on the left side, uh, it's, it's the... Uh, it's the right uh, defender who moves up. Uh, so there was some rotation on this side, but uh, Was was the one that was most used. We had uh, Rasmus Christensen as a definite based on the fact that he was called up a lot, but actually he wasn't uh, uh, the primary starter. Daniel Was was. And um, Daniel Was played the first September Nations League game, but Rasmus Christensen uh, did play the second. So uh, we'll talk about that when we try to decide a starter among uh, these four right-backs. 
Meanwhile, we move on to the midfield and begin with defensive midfielders, where we have a definite, oh, sorry, possible candidate, Christian Norgaard, and also uh, Morten Hulmond. And a uh, possible but unlikely candidate, Jens Jonsson. So um, Jens Jonsson did not make the squad, so we'll remove him from the list here. Uh, also, uh, Morten Hillman uh, not making the squad, leaving only Christian Norgaard, who was selected for the uh, final squad there. Uh, and we won't summarize the position until we go through central midfielders because uh, the two positions often overlap. So let's look at central midfielders where we have two definite candidates, uh, Thomas Delaney and Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. We have likely candidate Matthias Jensen, uh, possible candidate Philip Billing, possible but unlikely candidate Casper Nielsen, and two players who seem to be off the squad, uh, Anders Christiansen and uh, Jens Stage. I'm still not sure how to say the name, but um, I'm a little frightened of that name. So, uh, but that's not the reason Stage wasn't selected. Uh, my being frightened of his name had no role in his non-selection. And uh, But he and uh, Anders Christiansen are uh, not on the squad. Uh, possible but unlikely candidate Casper Nielsen, also not on the squad, nor is a possible candidate Philip Billing. So that leaves us with uh, the three candidates at the top, uh, Thomas Delaney and Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, both of them making the squad, as well as likely candidate Matthias Jensen uh, making the squad. So woohoo, we did well in our predictions there. Uh, okay, now we can summarize the position. Um, so usually it's a two-man two central defense, but sometimes one. And uh, Hoiberg and Delaney, for the most part, uh, started the games since the 2021 Euro Cup. But there were some changes near the end. Um, I won't go through those changes, uh, but it was Hoiberg and Delaney in the September Nations League games. And uh, sometimes there were five across the middle. So in a sense, three... Uh, three central defenders, and uh, surprisingly for me at least, Christian Eriksen uh, joined them as a third, and he had done that once before, so I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, usually I, I think of him as more attacking. He probably was more attacking uh, than a, a regular central midfielder anyway. Okay, so there we have it. Uh, and we'll come back later to talk about who we think are going to be the starters. Uh, but that's uh, business for later. Uh, the position of left midfielder would be uh, basically when they have a 4-3-3 formation, or I guess five across the middle. You could imagine a central and a left and right central midfielder. Uh, but the position uh, was uh, rarely called for. I think we said they used a 4-3-3 uh, three times. However, they did use it in the last September Nations League game, and that's when we saw Christian Eriksen. Uh, he played in the centre with Hoiberg on the left and Delaney on the right. But in terms of candidates, the only one we have that's coded as a left or right midfielder is Lasse Shona, and he last appeared for the team in March 2021, so we had considered him off the squad. And indeed, he is off the squad, uh, not selected for the tournament. So no players uh, coded as left and right midfielders, and uh, if they need that, it's the central midfielders who cover it. Uh, let's move on to left and right wingers. And uh, also, there are no candidates here. However, wingers are common in uh, some of the formations they use, like the 4-2-3-1 or the 3-2-2-2-1. Uh, and as we saw, uh, or as we said before, it's usually the left and right uh, uh, backs, the left back and the right back, pushing up to that midfield uh, position. So uh, the players we're going to look at who are designated as wingers uh, are really more like attacking midfielders. And um, Oh, I, I said we had no candidates here, but we, we do uh, have players who are coded as left wingers, but we're going to move them to uh, different positions to discuss them um, 
as I said, because they uh, play more as attacking midfielders or even outside forwards. Uh, anyway, let us... Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, no candidates there. We've moved them. Um, let's go to left attacking midfielders and left forwards. And actually, here is where we find uh, the players coded as left and right wingers. So we have definite candidate Mikkel Damsgaard and uh, definite candidate Yusuf Poulsen, who is coded as a left winger but often plays on the right. And we also have possible candidates Jacob Brun Larsen and Mohamed Darami. Uh, those two uh, did not make the squad, Jacob Brun Larsen and Mohamed Darami, so we remove them from the list. Uh, and um, we have Mikhail Stamsgard and Yusuf Poulsen. So I'll summarize the position of left attacking midfielder slash left forward. And usually it is Mikhail Damsgaard uh, since the 2021 Euro Cup. A few others were used when he was not there, but uh, no one consistently enough to look like they were challenging for the position. So Damsgaard played left forward in the second of the September Nations League game, the position uh, not having been used in the first. Okay, and then we'll come back and uh, look at the possibility of those two players being starters. But meanwhile, we'll move over to the right side and talk about uh, right attacking midfielders and right forwards. And here too, these players are coded as uh, right-wingers. So we have Andreas Skov Olsen as a definite candidate, Robert Skov as a possible candidate, um, we have a note on him, and Andres Drea as uh, seemingly off the squad, and indeed he is off the squad, so we will uh, remove and Anders Dreyer from the list, uh, leaving us with uh, Andreas Skov Olsen, who was selected for the squad, and uh, Robert Skov also selected, but uh, we have a note. So he suffered a hamstring injury the week before the September internationals and was unavailable to play. So it looked like, uh, um, you know, that's a long-term injury which could last uh, into the World Cup. However, he recovered with uh, amazing speed and was playing for his club in early October. Uh, so he actually only missed one week of club matches there on uh, September 18th. So uh, Robert Scott um, uh, back in action. So um, uh, let's summarize the position. Uh, Skov Olsen increasingly moved into the position during the period uh, that we talked about from the Euro 2021 to June 2022. And uh, he played it twice in the September Nations League games, uh, once actually as a winger uh, in that uh, formation that required a winger. So uh, Skov Olsen making the position his own. Uh, okay, let's move on to forwards and we begin with attacking midfielders. So we have definite candidate uh, Christian Eriksen and then uh, possible candidate Jasper Lindstrom and uh, possible but unlikely candidate uh, Peony Sisto. Uh, Peony Sisto did not make the squad, so we'll eliminate him. But both Christian Eriksen and Jasper Lindstrom uh, were selected. So we'll summarize the position. Actually, the uh, central attacking midfielder position was not used uh, uh, as much during Eriksen's absence. Actually, it wasn't used uh, much at all, to be honest. When there were uh, two attacking midfielders, like in a, a uh, 4-3-2-1, for example, uh, it tended to be the outside uh, right attacking midfielder and left attacking midfielder uh, who were playing the role. So um, uh, when when the position was used, though, he was the one who generally played in it. Uh, otherwise, Christian Eriksen took positions kind of uh, in various places uh, on the field. We saw him as a uh, central midfielder earlier. Okay, well, let's uh, finish then with forwards. And we have quite a few candidates here. Uh, definite candidate Andreas Cornelius, uh, likely candidates Martin Braithwaite and uh, Jonas Wind, and a possible candidate Casper Dolberg, um, and then uh, three players who seem to be off the squad, 
Marcus Ingvartsen, uh, Mikael Ur, and uh, Nikolai Jorgensen. And uh, none of those three candidates made it, so we will remove them from the list. Uh, Nikos, uh, Nikolai Jorgensen uh, basically retired from the squad, but he was the starter in the 2018 uh, World Cup. Uh, but uh, younger players have taken over, and Andreas Cornelius uh, is uh, selected for the squad. And uh, Martin Braithwaite is also selected, and Jonas Wind. Uh, actually, all four of them are here, Casper Dahlberg. Uh, we also might add, uh, I probably should have moved Yusuf Poulsen uh, to this position because he uh, has primarily played as a forward in the games he started but uh we'll talk about it when we get to the uh selection of starters at the end of the podcast uh for the time being we'll summarize the position by saying uh that they seem to struggle to find a productive enough center forward uh so they rotated through all of these players uh including out of position poulson there so uh, braithwaite really doesn't score very much uh, we thought Dolberg was good in the Euro Cup, so we were a bit surprised that he wasn't used much after. And um, after kind of rotating through uh, several players and giving them a try, they returned to the uh, tried and true Martin Braithwaite and Dolberg in the September Nations League games. So um, uh, yeah, back to uh, back to kind of the. Uh, uh, traditional players there. Okay, well that uh, ends the uh, player by player uh, review and so we'll move on to talk about some statistics. We had done statistics on uh, a wider range of players in the previous podcast. Now we can reduce the, those statistics to just these 23 players. So the average age among these players is yikes, 27.2 years old. So initially we were saying that uh, 27 was kind of on the uh, older end of the scale, but we're finding that in this World Cup, uh, it really isn't. It's a pretty much average. So uh, nothing really to talk about there. Um, 27 27.0 is, is the average, so slightly older. Uh, they have uh, three players who are 33 years or older, and uh, they have uh, three players who are 22 I would say 22 or younger, but they're all 22. Uh, let's take a quick look at that. So Kasper Schmeichel is the goalkeeper who is uh, 36 years old. And uh, uh, Simon Kerr and Daniel Walsh, both 33. And now there are five players who are uh, uh, 30 or 31. So that makes it eight players who are 30 or above. Uh, but again, 30 and 31 is not uh, too old. So... Um, at the lower end of the scale, we have um, uh, Skov Olsen, is that? Uh, yeah, Skov Olsen, who is uh, uh, 22 years old, and he's a starter, as is Michael Damsgaard. So the two outside forwards or attacking midfielders, uh, both uh, pretty much starters and both 22 years old. Uh so yeah, anyway, a uh, fairly average profile of ages there. So we'll move on to caps. Uh, the average number of caps among these 26 players, 38.6. 38.6 is a bit higher than the average of other teams. So amongst all teams, 34.2 is the average. And that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Denmark seems like a fairly experienced and tight squad who have played a lot together. And... Um, uh, so, you know, it is these players uh, uh, these players who tend to be selected uh, for most of their games rather than experimenting with a whole bunch of uh, different players. Uh, okay, so uh, that is slightly, uh, that is not that far above average, but um, I think it does indicate the tightness of the squad. And uh, we can take a closer look, actually. Uh, Simon Kerr has the most caps with 121. And uh, just just uh, after him, we have uh, Christian Eriksen with 117. Uh, I might have thought Kasper Schmeichel had the most caps, but uh, he's quite a bit behind with 86. 
and um, uh, yeah, uh, from there. Uh, only five players who have 10 caps or less, and uh, they tend to be uh, bench players, no surprise. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, well, we don't want to spend too much time on this, so let's move on uh, to goals, which actually is a concern for Denmark with uh, their forwards, uh, their, their continued search uh, to find a, a forward who will put the ball in the net. Actually, uh, Nikolai Jorgensen, uh, who we saw as the starter in 2018 World Cup, was part of the problem there and he actually was uh, lost his position after two games they just can't seem to find a forward who will score nevertheless they have a, a total of 138 goals so uh, and, and that works out to a, a goals per cap of uh, 13.7 so when we compare this with other teams we find uh, they're actually more of a scoring team than average 119 goals is the average they have 138 amongst their players. And the uh, total goals per cap is 13.7 for Denmark. And the average is 13.5. So let's dig into that uh, situation uh, a bit more because it seems a bit uh, contradictory. And uh, we see actually um, uh, immediately we see that uh, um, it is actually the uh, attacking midfielders getting most of their goals rather than the forwards. So Christian Eriksen uh, with the 39 goals in 117 games, uh, a good ratio of 33.3%, so uh, one goal every three games, uh, which is good for uh, which is good for an attacking midfielder. Not you know it's okay for a forward. Uh, but none of the forwards are really close to that. Skov Olsen um, also uh, getting the uh, uh, around the same. Uh, he's also uh, uh, an attacking midfielder. Uh, actually, I was wrong. Um, uh, Jonas Wind, the forward, does have the same uh, scoring ratio as uh, Eric Christensen, but uh, only has 15 games, so five goals in 15 games. So we don't consider it really until there's more than 20 games. Uh, but what we do see here, uh, yes, the forwards. Martin Braithways, I said he doesn't score much. Uh, 16% is uh, pretty poor for uh, a centre forward. And um, Josip Poulsen is actually uh, not much higher, 11 goals in 68 games. Uh, so we can see why these forwards aren't working out. Andreas Cornelius at 22% and Casper uh, um, Dolberg at uh, 30%, which is not bad. And again, uh, we were surprised that Casper uh, Dolberg wasn't used because he did well in the cup. Looks by these statistics like he's, uh, you know, one of their top uh, scoring centre forwards. So uh, we wonder why he was kind of taken off the job. Uh, anyway, but what uh, what explains um how they uh, have such have a pretty a uh, higher than average goal ratio is that players outside the forwards are scoring quite a bit especially the attacking midfielders so Mikel Damsgaard uh, uh has only 18 games with a 22% ratio there and uh um yeah, they're getting goals from all over the field. Actually, one of the more surprising ones is the uh, right or left back, Joachim Mayo, with a 29% scoring ratio. So they are getting their goals from somewhere, just not from their centre forwards. All right, let's move on to some summaries then. So we'll begin with their notable non-selections. And here we have uh, Yannick Vestergaard, which took us by surprise, but when we looked into it, uh, we realized that it was because he hadn't been starting for his club. So Yannick Vestergaard not selected for the squad. That was really the only surprise there. Uh, we also look at uh, surprise inclusions, but we don't really have anyone. Uh, oh, no, hang on. Uh, yes, we we uh, don't really have anyone except the new candidate, which I'm going to introduce uh, right away here. So not many surprises on Denmark. And uh, that is consistent with kind of their vibe, <laughs> that uh, they, they are more of a, a tight uh, team that sticks with the same players. Uh, however, we do have a new player in goalkeeper, Oliver Christensen. So um, 
that's the only player that was added uh, to the squad late. And then the last, the, uh, last section deals with uh, injury concerns. So we have four categories. The first one, players recovered from injury. So uh, we'll just name the names because we talked about it above. But Simon Kerr, the captain, was a concern, but uh, he recovered from his injuries and was back playing. Uh, Robert Scott, uh, a, a hamstring injury that turned out to be very brief at the end of September there. Uh, Yusuf Poulsen, um, I don't think I talked about this, so I'll say it here. Uh, he had been out with a torn muscle fiber, uh, an injury that continued until September, uh, until September, but he did return in uh, mid-September and was available for those Nations League games at the end of September. So uh, a short injury concern uh, there. And I think we had mentioned it in the previous podcast, so uh, updating it here. Uh, and I should also do the same with Jonas Wynn because we didn't talk about it uh, when we uh, did the positions above. So he had been out of their September games with a hamstring injury, uh, which he had come into the new season uh, carrying. So in August or September, he already had it. He uh, was recovered by early October. Uh, but just as he was returning to uh, starting form for his club, he picked up a muscle injury and uh, quite worryingly missed the last club game before the break on November 12th. However, uh, he's not on the injured list uh, and he was selected for the squad, although it may be uh, actually this uh, this injury occurred after the squad was selected. But I haven't heard anything about him being replaced. Uh, so hopefully it's a small problem that they think he will overcome uh, there. But uh, we will include him in the next section uh, uh, because of that recent injury that he picked up. So Jonas Wind uh, recovered from the hamstring injury only to pick up a muscle injury. Uh, and that brings us to injury doubts. So we have uh, Frederick Ronau. Uh, he had a hamstring injury picked up in early November, and he is listed as injured with an unknown return date, but he was selected with this knowledge, so uh, he remains on the squad. Uh, so perhaps it's not so serious because they did know about it. Jonas Wind might be a different case because he seemed to pick up this muscle problem after the uh, squad was selected. Oh, the fact the uh, squad was announced. So, uh, but he is not on the injured list. So, um, and, and there's no talk of him being replaced. So, hopefully, too, that's a small problem that he can overcome. So, we go to players who have been dropped due to injury. And uh, here we only have Nikolai Boylson. Uh, yes, uh, well, we could put him in this category or in uh, injured but was not a strong candidate because I suspect they saw Jens Stryger Larsson as the backup in left defense rather than uh, Boylison. But uh, anyway, it's a knee injury that he picked up in late October. So hard to say if he would have been selected uh, or not. We'll leave him in uh, the category of dropped due to injury, but uh, it could be that he was not really a candidate for selection. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, our predicted starters now and uh, see if anything has changed since we did this in the full player podcast uh, after the June game. So uh, for the manager, uh, sorry, I should get rid of the previous manager from our list. Casper Hulman uh, will regard him as a starter the manager. Uh, so Kasper Schulman will lead them through the cup. Uh, goalkeepers, we have candidates Kasper Schmeichel, Frederick Ronau, and Oliver Christensen. And uh, we had called the uh, uh, we had called Schmeichel to be the starter uh, when we did the full length podcast. And uh, the smallest shaving of an atom wouldn't even make up the amount of doubt that we have that uh, Kasper Schmeichel will be the starter. So um, uh, Kasper Schmeichel, our pick for starter. Okay, central defender. Uh, we have Andreas Christensen. 
Joachim Anderson, Simon Kerr, and Victor Nelson. Uh, Victor Nelson. So uh, uh, we have Christiansen and Anderson as the starters uh, for sure. Uh, and then um, uh, if it's uh, if it's a two-man backline, but Kerr is the captain and a moral leader, and we'd be a bit surprised to see him benched. Um, but however, he does seem to be the third choice here. And since they often do use a three-man backline, uh, he may well start uh, there. But uh, we're going to say in the case that they use a two-man backline, uh, that he's the third one, uh, he would be uh, on the bench. So we're going to put him as a possible or sometimes starter. Uh, but we may be wrong there, and he may be the starter in the two-man backline. We see, but this is the uh, this is a square on the board where we're putting our chips. Okay, left back. Uh, little doubt about that. Joachim Mile is the only candidate, and uh, he has been in the position, uh, you know, since um, the Euro 2021. Has a firm grip on the position, and uh, we see right back uh, Len Striger Larson as the backup uh, for this position. Uh, for right-backs, we have four candidates, uh, Rasmus Christensen, Daniel Wass, Jens Streiger-Larsson, and Alexander Barr. And uh, we had predicted Wass to be the starter, but, uh, you know, we think Rasmus Christensen has an almost equal bid, uh, but we're going to stick with Wass as the starter, though with far less confidence than we have uh, for male on the, on the left side. So again, a bit of a a bit of a gamble there because Rasmus Christensen could uh, also be the starter. Uh, defensive and central midfielders, uh, we had nominated Hoiberg and Delaney as the starters in the previous podcast, and the September games kind of confirmed that for us. So we once again go with uh, uh, Hoiberg and Delaney starting in the central midfielders. For left attacking midfielders and left forward, uh, it does depend on the formation, but uh, uh, we uh, think of Damsgaard uh, on the left attacking side. Uh, yeah, we, we had a little bit of doubt because he actually only starts about half the time. Uh, that's because sometimes the position is not really used, but... Uh, um, I'm going to nominate uh, Dan Scard as a starter here. Uh, Yusuf Poulsen is also in this category, categorized as a left winger, but he has played more as a forward. Uh, but nevertheless, we do uh, think of Yusuf as Yusuf Poulsen as a starter, whether it's as a forward or in a different position, uh, could be right or left attacking midfielder. Okay, uh, on the right side, it's uh, more clear. Andreas Goff Olsen has really made the position his own there, so we consider him a starter. And on the attacking midfielders, we have uh, Christian Eriksen, uh, although um, it's not necessarily as an attacking midfielder. Uh, they definitely find room for him, and uh, who would because he's a very good player. So he, we've seen him playing uh, during this period, central midfield and as a left winger also. Um, and we've also seen them kind of change the formation so that there is an attacking midfielder role for him. Anyway, uh, we think he will play. Uh, we, he will be a starter. Okay, among the forwards, we've talked about um, their kind of ongoing search for a scoring center forward. So uh, in the previous podcast, we didn't nominate Emmy as a starter uh, because they seem to kind of jump from uh, player to player, uh, hoping someone will produce enough goals. So the spot is really there uh, for someone to seize the spot. Uh, in the September games, they returned to Braithwaite. To me, that seems an admission of defeat. Uh, the guy... Uh, has a very poor scoring ratio for a forward. Uh, we actually preferred uh, Dolberg. Uh, he was good in the Euro Cup, and then they used him in the last September game where he scored a goal. Uh, the only problem is that we're not the manager, so we're not the one who makes the selection. But we do think he's the best bet. Uh, uh, but uh, because they haven't kind of uh, gone with him as the as the 
consistent centre forward. We'll just have to choose him uh, in yellow as a possible starter. And really, we could highlight them all in yellow because uh, we may see some rotation in the position. I suppose Braithwaite is kind of second in line there, or maybe even first in line, because they seem to go back to him despite his not really scoring goals for them. Okay, well, that is it, the predictions. And uh, we uh, have closing thoughts. And rather than uh, reviewing uh, the entire uh, conversation that we had in the team podcast about their prospects, we focus on this question. Uh, does the selection change our opinion about their chances? So uh, the answer here is no. There, There's not significant change on the squad compared to when we talked about them. Uh, before and uh, yeah neither for the better nor for the worse they don't have a lot of injuries um, they don't have a lot of change on the squad so we give them the same chances that they had uh, before and those chances were basically uh, we saw them passing the group stage here and uh, you know maybe not going as far as they did in the Euro Cup but uh, you know maybe past the round of 16 uh, there, but uh, we do think the quarterfinals would probably be their limit. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, keep in mind, uh, uh, we may be editing a list to get uh, a list of the bios of the 26 final candidates. That depends on time, which is not going well because uh, uh, time is getting short before the cup here. Uh, if we do produce that, it'll be uh, edits from the main player podcast rather than a separate. Uh, podcast in itself okay um keep an eye on us meanwhile at, at soccer Vales canada oh that always reminds me to put up the page which i always forget to do the closing graphic page there for the youtube watchers uh soccer Vales canada that soccer Vales with the ph in the middle and an s at the end and our website soccerfiles.captivate.fm all of this information is in the show notes so you can uh, kind of navigate from there and thanks so much for listening and we will see you for the next one bye bye <laughs>